0: This week on Inside Motorsport, we find out about the Motor Racing Ministries. Gary Coleman is a chaplain for the Motor Racing Ministries. I caught up with him at Queensland Raceway and asked him about the Motor Racing Ministry service, which from humble beginnings now boasts 46 ministers.
1: 46. Started off myself back in 1986 uh, at Amaroo Park and then at Bathurst. And sadly enough, that first one at Bath was when Mike Bergman had his big accident coming down Conrad Strait. Um, and then a fellow in Adelaide who's still with me is the rally chaplain, David Vaughan down there has been with me for 24, 25 years or so. And as we've built up along the way now, and uh, we've got the guys that do speedway, rallying, and um, uh, track racing, um, all, all the categories, bikes, and all the bikes. I could put another 10 or 15 people on immediately, particularly in go-karting and motocross. Everybody wants my job. Mm -hmm. And the answer is get in the queue. Uh, But to find more, because sporting bodies all around the country now are wanting chaplains. So we are part of an organisation called Sports Chaplains Australia. And we have about 300 chaplains. But our head office has requests for two and a half thousand. You know, second-level AFL teams in Victoria and South Australia, netball Australia, uh, and all want. We see the value of this independent person who's not part of management, not part of the teams and, and the team, but is independently for the personal lives of staff, management, and and uh, and families and so on. And of course, what we do in terms of I do everything a church minister does except preach. They only give me 60 seconds. They won't give me it for 60 minutes. You know. Uh, But we do all the marriage counselling and hospital visits and baby dedications and weddings and funerals and so on. Uh, All of that, so it's the family extension out from the actual teams in that, that are part of the congregation of people we deal with. Now,
0: my understanding is it's Mm non-denominational. How do we, with a ever-changing pit lane, more and more faiths, more and more diversity of faiths, how does the Motor Racing Ministries handle that sort
1: of uh, sociological change—it's hmm. not an issue. Interestingly, it's not an issue. Uh, our organisation is multi-denominational. We have people from all the major denominations that are. There, but that is not an issue, and we don't have another church group saying we want to get in on this. Um, and part of that's because we do it on honorary. It's it's all voluntarily. None of us get paid for what we do at chaplaincy. We are funded outside of it um, but it's not an issue of um, which different particular faith and we want in on this as well It's that those of us who are doing it are from those church groups that usually Go out to find how we care for people Rather than when we get you into our organization it, So it's not that issue that's dealt with interesting enough the word chaplain it goes back let me see it's about 800 years to a priest in France named uh, Charles, uh, Mar- I think it was Charles Martel, and he was outside the church complex on a roadway somewhere. And a person on the side of the road, I'm not sure, who had collapsed or had been beaten or something. Took his cape off and covered this person up. Well, in French, France, the cape is called a capella, and he was a person offering to help somebody with his capella and from capella has come the word chaplain. So it's a, it, it, formally, it's a minister from the church who is operating outside of the walls of and the framework of the normal religious institution. So in our chaplaincy, we're out caring for, pe- we're known as the people carers in the sport, um, and caring for people wherever they are in our complex and so you, uh, my congregation at the moment, it's the supercars, well those with all the officials, is about 1,200, 1,300 people and I'm one of the few pastors in the world, i wake up on Monday morning and my congregation's left town. (laughs) I got to follow them to the next place, you know. But it's that mobile group amongst a a small culture, social group of people who happen to work around the sport. That would mean then that uh, when the sport's going through good
0: times, most people are happy Mm -hmm. and you're dealing with a, a different level of problems Yep. than when the, the sport's going through tough times like we are seeing now yeah i imagine the, the problems that people are approaching you with are of a different nature and I, I could imagine are a much tougher
1: type of problem to be able to give advice or to, to even have to hear yeah. yeah uh two things in that one when there's no major issues around on the track or an event then i'm dealing with people I've been talking with for years, uh, some that have got personal family problems with uh, children, some have had marriage problems, some have had other personal issues, some have had business issues, and those kinds of things behind the scenes. But when something um, happens in an event, or something that's tragic or close to being tragic, There's the issue of dealing with the family immediately in the crisis that's there and whether hospital visits or whatever else. But the other thing is the officials, and I made this comment to our briefing this morning, the officials that have been to some of these things for years and years and years, and when every now and again one of them will catch them by surprise, because nobody escapes being impacted by a trauma and the flaggies or the fireys or the crash rescue and the management from the control tower down, including Clark, of course, are all affected by that. For example, two years ago here at Willowbank, we had a mini-miner down the corner, hit the tyre barrier, up over the fence into the crowd. I was up around here at the control tower and thought, we've got people killed down there, let's get down there. There were three of us on duty that weekend. Went down there, two grandfathers to try and get their grandkids away, had been clipped on the shoulders by the cars that came over the top, one had a cracked vertebrae, one had a broken collarbone. The first person to them was the driver out of the car, because it landed on four wheels. Next day, same corner, same place, same mini race, a mini went into the tyre barrier and stopped. Two senior marshals collapsed. They weren't even there, they were here. Because they are now, one of them I said, I've been doing this for 22 years, why is this happening? I said, because you've been doing it for 22 years, it suddenly, bang, this one has now been, and he was a quivering mess for the day. Um, It took him, I don't know, maybe two or three months to get back to a track all about, all his flag marshals were so pleased the senior marshal went down. If it happened to him, we understand when it happens to us. So dealing with people, the officials have been around a long while, Uh, these trauma effects build up. Now we're aware, we know that happens from a counselling point of view and so there are ways in which we help to understand, like I said this morning, fellas, if you find you a bit more snappy, sleeping's not too good, eating's not too good, okay, have a yarn with us because these things are normal reactions to the effects of trauma. So it's that now long-term with the officials and that's where a track manager says, I want to look after my people. So in many ways it's more the regular officials and those that manage the events that are affected by some of those things uh, as well as the dimension of whoever may be injured and so on. And some of those folks, I talked to one official this morning who I think was the first person on the top of the mountain at Bathurst when we had another accident some years ago. He still talks about it. He still, there's a reaction. You know, it's there. And that's what we understand in the counseling community now, that people, nobody gets over a trauma.
0: Yeah, and first responders, oh, yeah. by their nature, they're not seeing the unedited version, they're seeing no, the entire absolutely. thing laid out in front of them yeah. and go into an immediate response mode yep. because that's what they're trying to do. Yep. It's a day, as you said, a yep. day, two days later, yeah, yeah. when all of a sudden their brain processes the entire scene yep. and bang and it. And that it video keeps
1: replaying. There's a system now where, for example, if we've got a bunch of guys on a flag point or fireys on that point, um, usually when there's a serious one, the CAMS officials say, you will see the chaplain when this race is finished and so on, that sort of thing. But the chief marshal would then keep tabs on them for the next week or two. And if some of them are now not back to normal and they're having different reactions, that they give us a call. We will then uh, contact them by phone, recommend they see their own person doctor. If it's more than that, recommend them on through a system as with supercars and CAMs. Now the duty of care, uh, we have references on through counseling uh, opportunities or ministries for them because they've got to be followed up and, and not just left the lurch. Whereas opposed to you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we just lost officials. Oh, they didn't come back next year. I uh, wonder why. Well, now we know why, because they were traumatised by it and couldn't come back. Now we know the symptoms, now we know what to look after, and now we know what to chase up for. And so we're able to make sure we care for the people long term. But uh, yeah, it's that thing the response mode and what happens on Sunday night afterwards or Monday when you get home. And, you know, interesting illustrations over the years on those. Gary, it's always fascinating to talk to you. Thank you once again for your time. Present.
0: My thanks to Gary Coleman. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.